Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Well, hello there and welcome back to Family Travel Radio, your go-to podcast for incredible destinations, amazing experiences, and life-changing family adventures. It's Aaron Schlein here, and for the entire month of July, we're going to be dipping back into the archives of a podcast that I used to host called Dramatic Travels. And that podcast really was the precursor to this show, because if Dramatic Travels hadn't existed, then this show, Family Travel Radio, would never have come into being. So I wanted to share a few episodes from the archives. As you know, Family Travel Radio is the official podcast of the Family Travel Association, and one thing that each of these Dramatic Travels episodes has in common is that they all feature interviews with members of the Family Travel Association. Although in several of the episodes, at the time they were recorded, I was not yet a part of the FTA, and in fact, in several of the cases, I didn't even know what the Family Travel Association was at the time of the recording. So this is a whole lot of fun, super cool. I hope you enjoy it. This is the first of five episodes that are going to be coming at you from the vault here in July. This is my interview with Johnny Jett from johnnyjett.com. And this is one of the very first podcast interviews I ever did. Enjoy it. This is Dramatic Travels. Dramatic Travels family, I am very pleased to introduce you to my featured guest today, Mr. Johnny Jett. Johnny, are you ready to share your dramatic travels? You know it. All right. Johnny is the founder of johnnyjet.com, where he shares travel deals and tips, everything you need to know about finding cheap flights and how to maximize your credit card points. He hosted a television special on the Travel Channel and was recently named one of Forbes' top 10 travel influencers for 2017. So, Johnny, that's your official bio. Please take a minute, expand on that, and tell us about your world. Well, you know, I grew up in Connecticut. I used to be afraid to fly. You know, growing up, we didn't fly, travel too much. We only flew a handful of times. I come from a big family. Um, and then I'm always, I was always fascinated with it. I still am today. It just blows me away that you can go from like freezing cold Connecticut to hot and sunny Florida in two hours and these incredible birds. And But one day I, um, I was diagnosed with asthma and I talked to my mom into going on a dream trip. We never traveled internationally before. But uh, we went to go to Australia, and uh, it was during when the movie Crocodile Dundee came out, and I was fascinated with it. And my sisters happened to be living there at the time. It's a long story, but um, she took me. My mom took me to the doctor for a checkup, and the doctor's like, "You're going to Australia? You know, that's a 27-hour flight. You might have a difficult time breathing because planes are pressurized." I'm like, "What are you talking about? What does that mean?" So she put the fear of God in me, and needless to say, I had a full-on anxiety attack at JFK airport a couple of days later and didn't get on the plane. And it was one of the worst days of my life because my mom never, and never got to go to Australia. She, she thought I was joking at first when I was like, I can't get on the plane. And she's like, yeah, right. Cause it was my idea. And, um, anyway, when she realized I was crying, saw tears in my eyes, she knew I wasn't joking. Then she started crying cause she spent all this money time and she wasn't going to see her daughters. And then my dad started crying cause he thought he was going to have a house to himself for two weeks. It was just a mess. But uh, anyway, it took me a few years to get over my fear of flying. I was actually afraid to leave the house at, at some times. But it turned out that the anxiety was also from too much asthma medication. 
And when I, when I finally discovered that through a homeopathic doctor, after going all kinds of shrinks and everything, um, he weaned me off, off a little bit of the medication and I got over my fear, went to school in California, which is another long story how that happened. But I just changed my life around in California and I started dating a girl whose parents lived all around the world. And she invited me to fly to, uh, to, to Hong Kong, but she only flew business class. And I was like, man, I'm not going to sit in the back of the bus while she's up front. So I had to figure out a way how to get a business class ticket, which I couldn't afford. And that's where I really started uh, learning about travel and saving money, and but still traveling in style. And so I was able to find a business class ticket for $300 more than a coach ticket. And let me tell you, for your first out-of-coach experience, you want to do it on a trans-Pacific flight because after 16 hours, like, man, I didn't want to get off this plane. It was, you know, I was like, man, this is incredible. Yeah, and certain- anyway, I got, I, I'm sorry. No, I'll say there's certain thresholds. You Once you achieve them in life, it's really hard to go backwards. And that's, that's certainly one of them. Yeah, for sure. Once you go up front, it's tough to go in the back. So if you've never flown first class before, don't fly first class because... You know, if you don't know what it's really like, especially on, you know, really nice premium airlines and trans-Pacific um, flights or Atlantic, um, it makes a big difference. So anyway, when I got back from the school, from, from there, I graduated college, and then I took a job at a college as a recruiter, and I was um, an admissions officer. And, I, and usually when you're an admissions officer, you're usually just traveling around to local schools, but everyone in the office quit, so all of a sudden I got all these territories. And I had 26 states, including Hawaii, which I was going to three times a year. And that's where I really started mastering travel. I would, you know, because I had that taste of what it was like to be up front. And so I, I didn't want to lose that. So I just started researching and figuring out ways how we could do it. And everyone in the office, they hired all my buddies and stuff. And so I was kind of like, hey, these are my tips and secrets. We're on a tight budget, but it's still doable. And I, email was brand new. This is 1995. And I just started sharing my secrets in an email newsletter to these guys. They started sending it to, to their friends. And people started emailing me saying, hey, can I get on this list? And then I got a little bit more creative. And I created a website. And uh, next, you know, next thing you know, three months after I created the website, USA Today made it website of the week. And once they wrote about it, it just took off. My friends would call me up and say, turn on the TV right now. Your website of the day on CNBC's Power Lunch. And I'm like, you're joking. But they weren't. It was incredible. Well, Forbes did refer to you as the original travel influencer, which I hope you wear as a badge of honor because that really is a remarkable, <laughs> a remarkable feat. I should. I should I should have t-shirts printed. Yeah. Johnny, here on the Dramatic Travels podcast, I really love digging into the backstories of passionate and influential and influential travelers like yourself, because I want my audience to get a sense of what inspired you as a traveler. So perhaps we can all get a better understanding of what we can do as parents to raise inspired travelers. So we're going to get into all the cool stuff you're doing with johnnyjet.com and beyond. But first, I want to start at the very beginning. You, 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 t- you touched on the story of the the near miss or the failed trip to Australia with your, uh, with your mother. That's a great story. So really tap into your emotional memories if you can and engage those memories to share with us your earliest travel memory and what made it so memorable. Well, my earliest travel memory is I just remember, I think we were, I was like four or five years old and we were flying to Florida and I just remember having a big pack of gum in a plastic baggie, like Hubba Bubba or something. And I, and I didn't get to chew, chew gum that much, but my mom gave me all this gum because for your ears on the plane. 
And I just remember getting on the plane and just looking at all the people and going, oh my God, the people look like ants from the sky when we just right after there take off. And I was just blown away by it. And, I, and again, I still am today. It's, just, it's remarkable. Air travel is remarkable. I think everyone is so spoiled with that. And then again, going again from freezing cold Connecticut to hot and sunny Florida, I was like, man, I would like to live down here. I, I don't like the cold anymore. And I was four or five years old. Imagine that. Yeah. And no, um, yeah, no, please. No, and just I, I, I share a lot of those same feelings from from fly, especially flying. And I, I know that your you know your area of expertise really revolves around air travel, and that's that was one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you because that's an area that I definitely have a huge interest in as well. I loved flying as a kid. I still love flying as an adult, all the little ins and outs and nooks and crannies of the aircraft and the sights and the smells that, that jet fuel mixed with kind of bad coffee as you're, as you're walking down the jetway, you know, that I can just go in my mind and every time that, that smell hits me, I, I just kind of know that I'm, I'm flying and I am filled with, filled with happy memories of, of travel. So can you, and again, engage those emotional memories and can you describe a specific person who inspired you to travel? Who immediately pops into your mind? Well, you know, I never really thought about that question, but we did have a, I did have a neighbor and her name was Mrs. Nadeau and she was in, you know, I was five, seven years old and she was 80 or something. And, and I just remember going over to her house and my mom telling me that she's been all around the world. And so she was like, yes, I used to live in India and I would travel all around and she would have all these paintings and, and photographs. And I was just amazed. It was like, I never thought about, I never thought it was possible to go to these places and travel back then was a lot different than it is now. Um, today, you know, thanks to social media and the internet, you know, you can learn about these places like never before, but back then you had to go to the library really to, to, to learn about these different places. And, um, it, I was just always, I was just always, um, what's the word? Awestruck of that. She was able to travel around the world and I, I never thought it would be possible, but fortunately I made it possible. And, but she was probably one of the first because, you know, I used to see her photos and paintings and, and artifacts in her house. Yeah, and that's a fabulous lesson, I think, for Dramatic Travels family out there. Just the 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 impact that Mrs. Nadeau had on Johnny at a you know at five to seven years old that he can still go back in his mind and just recall that that spe- those specific moments and how powerful that influence was. We as parents have that same power to influence our own kids and even other kids that are in our life, neighbors, nephews, and nieces. You know, students. If you happen to be an educator, don't underestimate the power of your influence and you know, your, uh, your kids might be on a podcast 30, 40 years from now describing you as their travel inspiration, just the way Johnny is right now about Mrs. Nadeau. Thanks for that, Johnny. Yeah. You touched on again, also in your, your intro about that, that fear of God that you described as, as having, um, just being fearful of travel and air travel. There's a lot of people out there, parents and non-parents alike, that have some really crippling fear of travel. And you were one of the great success stories of people who were able to overcome your fear. Can you describe that process, how you overcame that fear of travel, overcame that fear of flying? So hopefully we could inspire someone who's ready to take that next step, but is feeling the fear. For sure. You know what? I, I wish I had a set formula. Everyone's different. But again, I was afraid of not being in control you know 
And so, you know, I, obviously I learned because I started reading all kinds of facts and things like that. I learned it was much safer to fly than it was to drive. And I have actually been on planes actually not too long ago. I was on a British Airways flight and we landed in L.A. And the pilot got on and said, the safest part of your journey is now over. Be careful driving home. What a great line. And, and that is true. According to the statistics, it's much safer to fly. The problem is you can't pull off, pull over on the side of the, of the, of the cloud and get off if there's a problem or you have anxiety or my, my, my problem was asthma. I was worried if I wouldn't be able to breathe, what would happen? So um, I was really not being in control. So I used to pretend I would go to the airport. So I, I sometimes I'd set up a, like a little airport in my house, like a little plane and pretend I was getting on, or I'd go to the airport with one of my friends who was flying and I'd pretend I was getting on the plane with them. And I would just, and I could feel the anxiety back then you could go right to the gate. You know, you didn't need to go through security mm-hmm. and have ID and things like that. Um, so, and then I, what, what helped me was music. I would listen to my favorite song. I used to have like a Sony Walkman. Oh yeah. And I would put my favorite music on and that would and that would help me take off my mind. Or I would, you know, I used to love. I still do. I love like the New York Yankees and stuff. But I wouldn't. I didn't watch the game the night before or read who won until I got on the plane. I would have the sports page, and then I could read all about it just to take my mind off of it. And um, and it really helped. And actually, I helped cure one of my friend's fathers. He was forty-two. He'd never been on the plane. And this is when I was, you know, in college. I helped him you know, with some of my methods of getting on a plane and that he's now he's been out of the country and multiple times. So once you get on it, once you do it and realize it's safer and you want to do it on a bigger plane, obviously if you can fly up front or premium economy, it'll make a big difference in being stuck in the back, especially in the middle seat. Um, <coughs> excuse me. There's little ticks, uh, tips and tricks to make it much better. And, and, and if you can fly premium first class, you know, you're going to be like, man, I don't want to get off this plane. So there's a lot of factors in. So if you are afraid to fly, I, I recommend maybe doing a short flight, but making making sure that the plane is not a small regional jet. Like back then, I was going to do New York Boston, which is like a 35 minute flight or something. But and back then, the planes were much bigger. But now you're going to be most likely on a regional jet, and that's probably not going to be the best experience. So, but there are different. There are certain routes where they do have bigger planes. Uh, you know, for example, um, in Toronto, you can fly to New York on a TAM um, Airways flight, which is like a 767 or 777, because it's making its way down to um, Argentina or Brazil. So you can find those kind of planes and just do a short flight, but make sure it's a nice big plane. And you can even buy cheap first class, and that will make a big difference. Oh, you're not kidding. So Johnny, this isn't your specific area of expertise, but do you have any advice for, for parents out there who have, or having just trouble getting over that fear or over that hump of of traveling with their kids? And I mean, really traveling with their kids, taking them overseas and just dealing with all of the the fears and the struggles that come with traveling with kids. What, What would be your advice to them? Well, you know, I just became a new dad about 18 months ago, 17 months ago. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. Um, and it's been the best thing in the world. And, you know, I would go to 20 countries a year before I had my boy. And people are like, oh, that's going to change your travels. Well, it did change my travels. I used to do carry-on only. I would go around the world just with carry-on 
you know, three weeks at a time or even a month at a time, just carry on only. Now, travel with a boy, uh, uh, you know, we all check a bag. So, uh, and, you know, we've got to just make sure we have everything with us when we travel. So you, you basically want to make sure you have a, a mini, a mini pharmacy with you as well. And all the, all the toys and the stuff that he's, he likes to play with and things like that. But, you know, when you travel internationally, um, and my son's again, he, he didn't fly the first eight months. The doctor was during flu season. The doctor said, we don't recommend him flying during flu season. So we waited till, um, after flu season and the first eight months, he didn't fly once. And then the next eight months he flew a couple dozen times and he's been to, he's been to a few countries, but he's been amazing. And, and, and we learned is when you do travel, especially with a young, a young one that all of a sudden that people are extra nice to you. They let you board early. You know, one time we landed in New York, the taxi line was so long. They're like, Oh, when you're traveling with a baby, you can cut the line. I'm like, really? Man, I'm gonna, I should have been bringing a doll with me all these years. <laughs> like having the safety man in the front seat so you can ride carpool. You live in LA. You know all about the carpool lane. That's right. So, and there's, and there's different gadgets, you know, especially traveling with a baby. We learned there's, there's this, we had, we had this uh, stroller sent to us. It was called a Duna, D-O-O-N-A. It's a stroller slash car seat. You just press the button and it turns into a car seat. FAA approved, and you can bring it on the plane, and it makes a big difference. And so, on the plane and stuff, when we fly, it's cheap. It's it's more expensive, but it's safer for the kid to have a kid to have their own seat. And under two, they can fly for free. But you know, we always bought his own seat, almost always, um, because it's safer. Also, it's more comfortable for us. So we'll usually get the bulkhead row, and that way. And we book far in advance so we can get the bulkhead. And there's a lot of room for him to run around. We put a blanket down. And uh, it, it makes it much better experience. And we always bring, you know, we bring like a bag of chocolates for the flight attendants. And they love it. And they always love him. One of the things I learned traveling, at least to have a, a peace of mind, is to get travel insurance. And full disclosure, I'm one of Allianz Travel Insurance's uh, influencers. But even without doing that, I would definitely recommend getting travel insurance for families, even people just traveling on their own, because again, it gives you peace of mind, knows you're protected um, and they will help you. So if, if one of you guys are sick, you can call them up and they'll tell you, let you speak to a doctor. They'll recommend the hospitals that are, that are the best rated near you. Um, and of course they'll, depending on the policy you get, they'll reimburse you. So wow, that's, that's a, a lot. That's been huge. So, um, so definitely look into that. I didn't um, even know that much, uh, quite those details, the way you just described of, of the benefits of travel insurance. That really adds a whole new element when you, when you take into account all those potential benefits. For sure. But you got to read the policies. Every policy is different. And most of them do not cover things like skydiving or scuba diving. Um, so keep that in mind, but just for, um, regular travel, it's, it's, it's incredible. And, so I'd highly recommend that. And actually one of, one of Jack's first trips, we went to New York and sure enough, he got sick. You know, we're brand new parents. We panicked. Um, and we took him to the hospital and I learned that you don't take someone to the hospital unless it's really, truly an emergency. Uh, we got whacked with a big bill. Actually, the insurance is about to pay for it. Remember just filed our claim recently. 
we, you know, it was a $2,000 visit to the hospital. And, uh, but sh- I think insurance is going to pay for most of that, if not all of it. So that's, that's great. But also you don't want to bring them to the hospital unless it's, uh, because the hospitals are full of diseases and things like that. So, uh, there's also services out there. We used a couple, another service another time where the doctor comes right to the, to the room. Um, different cities have it. We use it here in LA as well. Um, there's an app called Heal that we use. Uh, it's ninety nine dollars, so it's well worth the well worth it. Or and sometimes insurance will cover that too. But um, so in terms of traveling with the baby, I mean, you know, have, just knowing that is our biggest thing, uh, making sure that you know that they're protected, and you want to and you want to go to places that are family friendly. So do your research in advance. And there's you know there's definitely certain hotels or certain um, countries that are more family friendly. And also when we travel, <clears throat> we bring like little, you know, rubber edges for the, for, you know, the bed or, or dresser so that, you know, if he runs around, he won't knock his head and get cut like we have at home. So oh, yeah. little, little things like that, that, you, that help traveling with, with kids. But, and then when they're older, I mean, I, this is a whole, I'm learning as we go. I mean, he's only 17 months. So, um, you know, I'm learning as we go, and but I do hear when you travel with the older kids, you want you want to make sure that they get involved, and and let them plan some of the days, and, and things like that. Yeah, well, you had 20 plus years to to master the art of travel as an independent adult, and now you get to go back to the drawing board. I think I think that sounds cool. How do you how are you feeling about it so far? I love it. You know, I was really I wasn't so sure when my. When we found out we we're having a baby, I was like, "Oh boy, there goes my travel, my my lifestyle." But to, honestly, it's been the best. It's the best thing I've ever done. He is just he is my joy every day. And traveling with him, yeah, it's much more of a chore. I don't get upgraded uh, like I used to, but um, I, I'd rather sit and coach with him than sitting first by myself. Oh, that's beautiful. And I love, uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, the next chapter of your journey. I think that's going to be a whole lot of fun to, to keep tabs on Johnny Jet, uh, the traveling father. And I really appreciate you sharing that story about your son getting sick in New York because it really brings that, that human element to you know, Johnny Jet, the top 10 travel influencer, just to know that, yeah, these sorts of things happen and they can happen to anybody. And if you're, you have the right mindset, the right preparation that you can, you can handle just about anything. And that's really, one of the the core concepts that I really push here in the Dramatic Travels podcast is preparing for those moments, understanding that they can happen, but your life will go on and you can still have wonderful, inspirational, life-changing travel, even with some bumps in the road. So I really appreciate you sharing that story. So how about a just a, a highlight from these first 18 months of traveling with your son? Give me a, a highlight, a real inspirational moment that you've experienced with your son. Oh, man. I think... The only thing that comes to mind is that we, and we actually have a photo of it and uh, blown up. We were flying from Toronto to uh, New York. Actually, it was on his first trip to New York, and we flew right over the, um, the island of Manhattan. And it was a gorgeous day. We had incredible. I'm talking the buildings were like right below us. You could almost reach out and touch them. And um, Jack was acting up, and he, my wife handed him over to me, and he was crawling on my lap. And all of a sudden, he saw the buildings, and he just. He just stopped running around and looked out the window and was like, wow. And I'm looking like, oh, my God. And it's, you know, he realizes how amazing this view is. And, um, and just seeing, seeing the world through his eyes is, is 
has been a real treat. And then on another trip, we went to Ireland and same thing. We were, you know, we're, we, we went by a castle and there were swans and he just like stopped running and just looked. And it was like, Oh my God. And you could just see him really observing and, and, and realizing how amazing this is. Although he's probably not gonna remember any of this, obviously I don't think kids remember stuff until they're five or something, but I think it is um, shaping him up hopefully for the future to be a great traveler. And you, and you can remember that. I really love how you painted that picture of coming in for a landing in New York and your son on your lap. And I know the feeling of the kids acting up. Let's give them to dad. I've been on the receiving end of that, but, yeah. but I mean that, but just the fact you could just go right back there in your mind and you painted a picture. I could, I could see you sitting on the plane looking over Manhattan with your son. It was a beautiful moment and uh, you really painted the picture well. So just, you know, parents out there listening, just this, that is really what is waiting for you on the other side of travel are those inspirational moments, those memories, those life lessons, and those bonding moments with your kids that you're just, you're never going to lose. You're going to look back on for years and years and years to come and really just feel like you lived the life you were supposed to live. Get out there, enjoy this world. So Johnny, I'm going to step aside for just a moment. We're going to hear from our nonprofit partner and we're going to come right back and you're just going to drop some value knowledge bombs on are the audience for the travel tips for 2018 stick with us johnny jet every student deserves a chance to expand his or her global education regardless of socioeconomic status i believe this to be true and so does flight flight is a non-profit organization that empowers students in underserved communities through transformative travel experiences Flight was founded in 2015 by travel author and blogger Matthew Kepnes, better known as Nomadic Matt. Flight works with students in underserved communities to promote the benefits of travel, education, and cultural awareness through the creation, funding, and management of overseas trips. Since 2015, Flight has sent three groups of students to Mexico, Cuba, and Ecuador, and they're in the process of selecting their next school partner for a trip this coming summer. Flight was built with the support of donors who believe that travel can positively change the trajectory of one's life and create more well-informed global citizens. I encourage you to visit DramaticTravels.com forward slash flight. There you can find links to join the flight community and donate to this fantastic organization. Now flight is spelled F-L-Y-T-E. So that address again is DramaticTravels.com forward slash F-L-Y-T-E. That's DramaticTravels.com forward slash flight. All right, Dramatic Travels family, we are back with Johnny Jet, And it's time to turn up those earbuds because Johnny's going to drop some travel knowledge on you. Johnny, tell us how do you best capture your travel memories and what's a, a tip you have for using that, me- that method effectively? Um, well, my travel memories, I use, I use my iPhone. I have an iPhone 10 and takes amazing photos and videos. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a mad documenter. So I, I'll take a photo of the menu. I'll take a photo of the hotel room right when we get in. Uh, everything. And, you know, a lot of times I'm writing about it for my website. But even, if I, even when I'm not writing about it, I'm still a mad documenter. And I think that really helps going back to refreshing your memories. And, and even my son loves watching, you know, the videos of us traveling or, or the photos and you just feel like you're on vacation again. Mad documentation with the iPhone 10. That's Johnny Jet. Johnny, what's a specific lesson or skill you've learned from your travels that helps you navigate everyday life? Is to be open-minded, really. I mean, when I first started traveling, I was worried. First of all, I had all these fears. You know, you watch the news 
I was afraid to go to certain countries. Um, I, I, you know, and, and then you get there and you realize, wow, it's not so scary. It's actually, I feel safer in these countries than I do in America, which is sad. That's a whole nother topic. But, um, again, just being open-minded and, and, and realizing that not everything operates the way it does back home as it will abroad. Yeah, the statistics don't lie. There are a whole lot of countries that are more safe than the one you and I live in. But you're right. That is another topic for another day. Johnny, can you introduce the Dramatic Travels family to a travel-related book and tell us why it's so special? Ooh, a travel-related book. So one of the first books I read, actually I didn't even finish reading it, but Bill Bryson's Sunburn Country, it's hilarious. Uh, it's on Australia. So if you ever have a long flight to Australia, you definitely want to um, take that, take that up and read it. Uh, it's, it's really funny. It gives, and it gives you a great perspective of, of Australia. Um, a lot of facts in there, although it might be a little dated now, but it's, it's a really well-written and hilarious. And Bill Bryson is one of my favorite authors. Although my wife is a mad reader. She reads a book a week. I read a book possibly a year. <laughs> so that's the, that's pretty much the arrangement my my wife and I have as well. But audiobooks have changed the the landscape for me. I'm I'm super into audiobooks. So Johnny, outside of your iPhone 10 and of course johnnyjet.com, can you share a, a gadget or a resource you use on every trip that just makes it better? Yeah, well, you know what I travel I'm always the way I pass time on planes is to work. So I always have my laptop. So but laptop's too easy of, a, of an answer, so I use a 3M or, or a Belkin privacy screen. So I put the, I put that up and no one can see my computer screen. And so I can go through, I can do my banking. I can do, I can, you know, go through all my photos and not have to worry about people, um, over my shoulder. And that really helps, um, you know, peace of mind and, and passing through the time and I can do all my work. That is a good one. I've never had anyone recommend that as their, their gadget or tool before, but that's a, that's a, that's a really good one, especially for someone who flies and works as much as you do. Well, it amazes me that so many people don't use them. And I've sat next to, you know, countless of big executives and celebrities, and you can see their screen plain and plain as day. And it's like, what are you guys thinking about? And some of these guys actually should be fired for for the information that I've seen on their laptops. And I'm not even just sitting there trying to peep. It's just right there in your face. So it amazes me that more and more people do not have it. Yeah, I don't deal with much sensitive information on flights, but I've definitely had a couple squirmy moments. Now that you can watch anything you want on a, on a plane and pretty much any stream, any movie that you've downloaded, yeah. you know, you get yeah. to an awkward point in a movie where you, you know, you realize, you know, that you're not at home on your couch and everyone can see what you're watching and you kind of have right. to turn the screen down and wait till that spicy scene is over. Oh yeah. I had that happen to me one time I was watching Howard Stern, the movie with Howard Stern a long time ago and I was on a flight coming back from Europe and I had like a 10 year old kid sitting next to me. All of a sudden there was like a sex scene. I was like, what? A sex scene in a Howard Stern movie? Get out of town. Yeah. So I was like, you can't be watching this. So I had to turn the screen, turn it off and watch like cartoons or something. Well, now that you've, now that you got your Belkin, you can go ahead and watch Howard to your heart's delight. Yeah. All right, Johnny. So just real quick, I want to give you just, I want to hear from you just one rock star solid piece of advice for parents hoping to inspire their children through their travels. Wow. Um, to go to one new country a year, you know what, get them started early and spend that money, um, on, on travel. And, and I know it's not going to be cheap, but you know, going to different places and, and, and learning new cultures, especially when they're older. I mean, when they're starting out at one, you might not want to go to a new country every year. 
but once they get old enough, five years old or something, I would think, um, is good to start going. And, and I think that's for everybody. Even if you don't have kids, uh, one new country a year. So by the time you're 50, you should have, you should have gone to, vi- you should have visited 50 countries. You got to make up some time. There you go. And that is a very specific and measurable goal. And if you set your life up the way, or if you set your life up properly, you can achieve those goals. You just got to decide what's important and what's not, and really focus on that travel. If that's something that's important to you. All right, Johnny, time to say goodbye. But before we go, let us know where we can get in touch with you and hear more about Johnny Jet. Sure, it's johnnyjet.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y-J-E-T.com, one T. I'm not related to Joan. And also on social media, Johnny Jet, all, all across the board. All right, Johnny, it's been a real pleasure. And everything Johnny and I talked about today is going to be in the show notes. There's going to be links to everything. No need to worry about writing anything down. If you missed that book recommendation or that gadget recommendation, no worries. It's all going to be there for you on the show notes. Just go to DramaticTravels.com, type in Johnny in that search bar right at the top of the screen, take you right to those show notes. All right, Johnny, we're going to let you go and get on with your day. But thanks so much for joining me and the Dramatic Travels family. Have a good one, bud. You too. Thanks Thanks for having me. All right, my friends, I really hope you enjoyed my chat with Johnny. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode from The Vault. The Vault's going to be open throughout the month of July, and we'll be back at you with brand new episodes of Family Travel Radio starting on August the 5th. In the meantime, my friend, hope you're enjoying your summer. We'll talk again soon. This is Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio, and I'm signing off.